What up? This is DJ D Dime, and listen to Cool Kids Radio Urban Education on Saturday nights, Saturday nights, 10 to midnight, as we do it right, playing old school, new school, hip hop and R&B, and we play local artists. Last City Stand Up. If you missed the show, we have the replay afterwards, and you can listen to the show throughout the week, 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative. Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. I like that music there. I've heard this before. I'm pretty sure you have heard this before. It's pretty good. It's kind of sultry kind of thing, yeah. especially when the the man got here is coming on the, the air. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some difficulty, it looks like. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't try to play copyrighted music as usual. I usually try to play instrumentals, nothing with words in it and stuff like that, and saying that the Facebook police said they... Uh, seen some some activity with copyrighted music used. Yeah, well, that's their prerogative then. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, it could have been in a commercial, but I mean, yeah. normally on this show, we don't normally do that, but we got David, the man of God, Harris here on the phone lines. I haven't been in the studio a while, so i got to try to work this board. And uh, David, uh, what's up, man? How much? Living the dream one day at a time. That's right. You got your NFL winners and losers action packed. And I'm pretty sure he's got a sermon to preach, too. So we might. A sermon? Uh, Judging by what I I sent in our group chat with some news that broke about his team, it sounded like that he wanted uh, the preach music at the ready. The preach music. What is the actual preach? There There we go. That's it. Well, we got the amen music going on here for uh, David, the man of guy Harris. Go ahead with your NFL winners and losers. All right, so we'll just we'll just get the losers out of the way. As many of you know, Mitchell Trubisky, the man who we talked about many times on this show, usually for the wrong reasons because he's you know hamster wheel, signed a two year deal to be the stopgap quarterback for the Steelers. And I'm just like, this is, this is a sign that this is going to be a hamster wheel year. And if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, we don't do hamster wheels. It's either we're consistent. We're in the playoffs. We try to make noise. Last year was a little bit different because Ben, you know, sent him off right into the sunset. And we came up against a Kansas city team that just played us out the water in the second half. And so as I'm thinking about, okay, what's the next step? If we're looking at a Patrick Mahomes who we went up against, if we're looking at a Deshaun Watson now coming into division, we'll get to the Browns later. Like, right now, we have the fourth best quarterback in the division. Mm-hmm. Like, 
clearly. I'm honestly fifth, because I'm sure that there's a backup that I would rather take over Mitchell Trubisky. Like, there's enough tape on Trubisky as a starter to show that he is not starting quarterback quality in this league. He had his chance. Why are we trying to resuscitate his career? Well, we should... I, I, don't, I, I think you're being a little a little hard on the guy. He's, he's, he's a stopgap quarterback, really. I mean, he's a decent player he's a good starter i think he can he plays wolves between the 20s his problem was was the red zone now some people try to blame Nagy, but until you can find that actual star maybe you should have went after deshaun watson the deshaun watson sweepstakes but right now let's face it you're, you're a legend is going out the door you need a bridge until you can find that franchise quarterback and that's where trubisky's at right now i mean i'd rather just in this draft just go try to get that quarterback in the future. Like it's not as though we're in a bad spot to where it's a pretty decent quarterback class was always a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Like like you could you could have gone for a quarterback in the first round. Not that you were going to get um, Willis or yeah, Malik Willis out of Liberty because of where Seattle made their trade, but you could still get a quality quarterback. Maybe. And a lot of the rooms were saying we would try to trade up with the Chargers and try to go after a Kenny Pickett. We would try to go after either a Matt Corral, kind of like, or even if we stay there, maybe Desmond Ritter falls. Like, there's still quality quarterbacks in this draft that I think are going to be cheaper and have the ability to in this in our quarterback room to really supplant and be. For at least the next three to four years, while we share up the offensive line, while we figure out and rebuild our wide receiver room, I think at this point the Steelers are saying you lost Juju Smith-Schuster too. Yeah. yeah, we lost Juju. We lost James Washington. Like now, you're basically saying, okay, now we're going to try to go wide receiver. Well, it looks like but to me then, you guys are rebuilding, to be honest. Yeah, like like the Steelers, we don't rebuild. Rebuild is for Browns and Bengals. Wait a minute, like David, Steelers don't David, rebuild. David, what, what, what about the eighties? What happened David, in the eighties, David? That whole decade, Pittsburgh was rebuilding. I mean, I know you weren't born then, and you you've lived with Steeler greatness. But there was a time after Bradshaw and them left, where you had basically a decade of boo boo football. So let's not get too cocky here. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, but then we got Bill Cowher, and then we had Cordell Stewart, who we ran out of town. Right. Then we had to Neil, deal with Neil O'Donnell, Neil O'Donnell but the thing and Tommy is, Maddox for those couple of years. Right, and, you got and then the we Super got Ben. Bowl. Then you got the Super Bowl, and then, you know, you had kind of up and down years after that Super Bowl. Then you got Ben. But think about it, though. For the 80s, the Pittsburgh Steelers were straight, as uh, Frank likes to say, hot garbage with diarrhea water sprinkled on it. I mean, come on. You know, so that that's that's the stuff that's going on with the team. But right now, you, you're you, this is first time in your lifetime that you're looking like you're uh you're you're looking at a rebuild here. That's what it is. And now all teams go through it. It's it's just ups and downs and waves. Now I think with your franchise, they will bounce back. Yes, you will bounce back. No, and and I think because you know we're still like if we had to do it, I'm not going to you know mm-hmm. we have a couple months before the previews. Like it's mm-hmm. still. Us and Baltimore as a class, I think Cincinnati was a one-hit wonder. I'll just keep it a hundred. Well, we'll like see. Get, you can you can trade like you can get all the linemen and stuff like that, but you know, 
We'll, we'll see. Like it's hard to get back to the pinnacle. Well, but. they got their franchise quarterback though too, so I will tell you that right now. They, they, well, well, also, David, I think this this year's quarterback class I don't think is really as good as probably next year's when you have the Bryce Youngs and the C.J. Strouds in the mix. Maybe this. I know you're not gonna like to hear this, but this might be the year where Kevin Colbert said, "You know what? It might just be a year to uh, go in the tank." Sell off, sell off guys for draft capital, oh, and get this thing built back up the way it should be. So probably just gonna take a year off. I know you're not gonna like to hear that, but that's kind of what I think because I don't because like Derek said, Trubisky's just a stopgap QB. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna win much with him. I mean, unless you do end up with, unless you somehow end up with Malik Willis, and but who knows what. Colbert and company are going to do there. Well, I mean, Colbert's stepping down after the draft, like he said that at the oh. beginning of the year. Well, so. <laughs> then I guess, I guess he's basically said, screw it, let's burn it to the ground. No, I mean, he's been with the team 12 years as GM. He's taken another role with the organization. But, like, like defensively, we're rebuilding because we know that that was always kind of, especially with our linebacker and secondary. So it's not as though we're, like, tanking the season we're getting the offensive line which was a desperate need it's just for me the centerpiece is always and the star player is always going to be the quarterback and we have Mitchell Trubisky and we're supposed to compete with the likes of a Patrick Mahomes a Justin Herbert mm-hmm. like the uh, Jackson and Baltimore like I'd rather go to fire with a rookie than Mitchell Trubisky heading into the season. That's just where I stand. And I know that there are a lot of Steelers fans that agree with that. But also know that this is just a stopgap, you know. Stopgap. Yeah. yeah, don't 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 have a heart attack, David. Just don't have all organizations go through it. Some longer than others, like the Lions and Bears. Well though though that's also had they've also had inept idiots running the show and your Steelers don't have inept idiots. So. Well that's because you want to fire everybody and then bring in another idiot. <laughs> Hey, I hate ineptitude. Right. They keep bringing them in. Go ahead, Dave. Keep going. All right. Continuing with the losers, um, the Dallas Cowboys, you, you get rid of your two best offensive weapons in terms of wide receiver. Oh, not two best. Sorry. You get rid of uh, Amari Cooper, who, for what everyone says, like, is he past his pride? Is he a locker room? Blah, blah, blah. Like, he was still your best wide receiver last year. Like, bar none. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say that, you know, you can get Michael Gallup a little bit cheaper, who's kind of on the rise. You bring in James Washington to kind of be that wide receiver three. But, like, I feel like you lose a lot of firepower with losing Amari Cooper. And, yes, you're trying to rebuild. But for this team, and we keep going back to – or at least I keep going back to, if this is going to be Deshaun Watts' team, you need a solid number one because that division is wide open. Mm -hmm. Like, I know Philadelphia has made a lot of crazy deals, mostly on the defensive side, but, you know, they have two picks in the middle of the first round. They could instantly kind of give a jump start to their offense. You never know what's going to happen with Washington, and I'll get to them a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, this... This division is for Dallas's taking, and 
I feel like losing Amari Cooper is going to hurt because it's hard to replace that kind of quality. And we know that Zeke Elliott's not going to be healthy 16 games. Uh, uh, you, you think so? I mean, he, he's going to miss a game. I mean, he's been hurt quite consistently the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just don't know how big of a blow that's going to be. But okay. they're America's team, and everyone wants to root for them to either fail gloriously or fail heartbreakingly. So we'll just have to wait and see how the season pans out. Okay. Staying in that, uh, staying in the NFC East, Washington Commanders, which again, I'd rather than be the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. What? Why did you bring, like, if I'm. This is similar to Pittsburgh. Like Carson Wentz is is failed as an experiment. Like yes, injuries aside, but you had two organizations, including the one in Indianapolis, who was like, "We'd rather eat the fact that we just gave up our first round pick than to have another season for Car- with Carson Wentz as our quarterback." And this is the same Indianapolis organization who was run by people who brought Carson Wentz into Philadelphia, who had good rapport, who like worked the magic to get him from Philadelphia to Indianapolis to say, oh, we can have a fresh start here. Like, how bad is Wentz that they're, again, they're, they're giving up on him and eating a pick and sending him to Washington to where now, if you're a Washington fan, you're like, hey, we had Kenny Pickett fall into our lap. Mm-hmm. He could be the quarterback for the next five, ten years. Do I still have him drafting Kenny Pickett? Yes, because he's the second best quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. But now you're saying stopgap year, we're gonna have to play Carson Wentz? Like this this team is on the verge of usurping and supplanting Dallas as at the top of the NFC East. Mm-hmm. And now you're just kind of like, eh. And we'll just be middle of the road. Like Carson Wentz is a middle of the road quarterback. Like he ah. might be upper tier middle of the road. Yeah, I think he's but, a tier two. But he's not in that. The problem he's is he's in. made of Legos. Yeah, he is an injury prone. But when he plays at his best, we've seen him be an MVP type of quarterback. Now is he at that point? No. Um, but I do think he's a serviceable quarterback, and I believe he had a pretty decent season this year. Actually, look up his numbers. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking when you're a team like Washington and you're kind of looking at kind of like staring you in the face, quarterback of the future, quarterback of the future, Kenny Pickett would be a dream scenario for Washington. And then ownership is like, boom, here's Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. Like, like as a fan, like what am I supposed to do with that? Like, it's like a gut punch. Why is it a gut punch? Because you have you have the guy of the future kind of just hovering, kind of waiting to fall into your lap, and then like, hey, we'll have a Carson Wentz revival year. Well, Carson went Wentz with in passing was 18th in the league, right behind Trevor Lawrence. Um, I believe he had 3,563 yards um, on average was 6.9 yards a game about 209 and 
His longest was 76 yards, actually. Um, he had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's that's not really a bad year. QBR no. 54.7, rating 94.6. So I think he's above Mitchell Trubisky. I'm pretty sure if Carson Wentz went to Pittsburgh, he'd probably be liking that over uh, Mitchell Trubisky, right? Well, yeah, I mean, basically because everyone compared Carson Wentz to Big Ben because they're both big, bulky guys who just won't take a sack well, now, and why is sacrifice he bad? their bodies. Remember, why is he bad for Washington now? Why is it a gut punch? Because I just think that, like, heading into this year where you're trying to take the next steps, and the draft is always about taking the next step, is Carson Wentz really going to elevate the Washington football team more than a rookie that you can build around and kind of go through those growing pains where you're being forced now because of the draft, the draft capital that you're investing into this guy. It's automatically you're strong arming yourself as to, Hey, we're with Carson Wentz for the next year or two, or if he plays well consistently, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. So like, I would rather, I would rather take the sure thing of building with a rookie Mm-hmm. especially a talented rookie mm-hmm. instead of a veteran that's on his third team in three years. All right, let's get to the meat and potatoes of, of this. Are you getting the winners yet or are you still on the losers? Uh, one, one final loser is Tom Brady. And I feel like Tom Brady was just like, his family was just say, go back to football. Mm-hmm. Like the chores, like helping around the house, his family, like his kids were like, "Come on, Dad!" Like his Giselle was like, "Just go back to football." Like forty day, like his retirement was so short. Like it's becoming mean, but yeah, yeah but, it la- it lasted forty days and forty nights. <laughs> like his, like at that point, I got and I have him in the loser section because he'd rather continue to take abuse from. 300 pounders that can run four five forties, mm-hmm. then be a family man. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, just stay retired, live life. Like, football is fine. We've already started to move on without you. Just stay home. Mm-hmm. I get to the winners. All right, heading to the winners. We'll jump in, jump back into the AFC North, and I'll. I'll actually say the Cleveland Browns because you re even though you got rid of Jarvis Landry, who's probably going to go somewhere and have a kind of bounce back career. You bring in Amari Cooper, you bring in Jakeet Grant to kind of be wide receiver one and two kind of. But more importantly, you have this you bring in Deshaun Watson. And yes, as people are looking at the draft capital and saying that's a lot. For guys, especially who didn't play last year, and so you have to worry about rust and how much time it's going to take for him to really get into that rhythm to where he wasn't Houston. But it's a, Deshaun Watson is a significant upgrade over Baker Mayfield, plain and simple. Yeah, that if football, just looking at football terms, Deshaun Watson is better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, like Baker ran his course. I know he penned the heartfelt thank you letter. But the writing was on the wall even last year. Like, there were a lot of games that we talked about throughout the season. And I said winners and losers several times. Baker Mayfield, you know, 
He's the he's the weak link. Everyone, everything else is great. Running game is great. You got your weapons. Now it's time for the quarterback to put up or shut up. And there are a lot of times where Baker just he talked a lot of trash. He talked a lot of game. He had the bravado and swag, but on the field, well, you know. swag. We had more swag than substance, and we've talked about that here on this show. I think more people are upset with off the field stuff with uh, Deshaun Watson. Like I saw a meme where they say. A picture of Deshaun Watson in the Cleveland Browns jersey, and they got a picture of Bill Cosby. I mean, stuff like that is just, you know, crazy. But just pure football, Deshaun Watson is the better football player. I mean, that's just a win-win right there. Yeah, and obviously, you know, it's going to be the court of public opinion. People are going to burn Browns jerseys like they... No, like they uh, usually do. What's going to happen mean, is it's the fake outrage. And then if Deshaun comes out and does really well and wins games for them, and let's say they get to the AFC Championship game or even heck to the Super Bowl, everyone's going to forget about it. Oh, speaking of fake outrage, I mean, look, I, me being the Lions fan here, I, they never even tried to call him. I mean, look, yeah, what do you, what do you said? No, yeah, but. At least you're getting in down there and asking. Doesn't hurt to do that. Doesn't cost you money to at least say, hey, you want to come here? Because, I mean, look, Cleveland's not really the the best city to be in. And for football, especially since he's been playing a lot of his football in warm weather cities. But, of course, I just hear people that respond to Deshaun Watson hypothetically. If he were to be treated to translate, oh, we can't do that. He was accused of rape. People, he was alleged. He was not indicted. He was not convicted. And it's all settled in civil court. He's not going to jail. Oh, well, he's going to. The NFL's not going to suspend him. And I would be I would be shocked if that happens because they'll say, you know, you sat out last year. We'll just say that's credit for time served. Here, you sat long enough. And they say, oh, well, he's the, the good dude. He's the same people who will actually root for Miguel Cabrera and look at all the crap that he's done, hon. So, some people, I tell you, man, just drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but, David, I would like to get your thought. Would you put the Lions as a loser or a winner? I mean, look, I do, I do like that they signed DJ Chark on a one-year prove-it deal. I, li- I like that, but I think they, ha- if they want to accelerate the rebuild, they gotta be willing to make some bold moves. Would you agree? Yeah, but I think at the at the same time, it's who's like who would that bold move be? Like who's going to want to play for a rebuild in Detroit? Well, yes, like I said, DJ. doesn't it doesn't hurt to ask? Yeah, I mean, there's probably going to be some like middle tier free agents that might go there, but I don't see like a star free agent, quote unquote, saying, you know, I'm going to take my talents to Detroit. Like I just like you're going to have to play, and then you also have to look at management and ownership. Are they going to be willing to gamble with a big deal? Like, are they going to give someone? A three-year, twenty-five million, like they did Tracy Walker. Are they going to, you know, DJ Chark's one-year, ten million? But it's you know. I mean, and look, like I said, I think I like that deal. I mean, I know DJ Chark's been injured, but it's a one-year 
prove-it deal. I mean, you add him to your receiving core with Amon Ross St. Brown, and then I think you got to get somebody in like the late first round of the draft, looking at you, Drake London, possibly, maybe you get Chris Olave. Get that. Plus, you've already, you have St. Brown, you have Chark, you've got TJ Hawkinson, plus you have DeAndre Swift. You've got a top 10 offensive line and a good running game. Give Jared Goff a little bit more insulation. Yeah, you got you got the opportunities there to take a big step forward, but also you can't just say, "Oh, we're gonna go and buy with scrapings at the bottom of the barrel." You can't be you can't be trying out Khalif Raymond and uh, Tim Kennedy and who whoever the hell else is bottom of the barrel free agents. You gotta you want to win? You gotta have talent there. And I and look. Like I said, I've been willing to give Dan Campbell a free pass on a lot of things. And the fact that he's shown that going to be a little bit more aggressive with in-game decisions, I'd like to see what he can actually do with some talent as well. we got about two minutes. Keep going. Yeah. And then the, the last winner for me, other than the Browns, are the Denver Broncos because they just rehauled and uphauled their entire team. And right now, and again, not going to spoil anything for when we do our previews, they're the second best team in the division. And arguably, I think that they win both matchups over Kansas City if everyone's fully healthy. That's just where I stand. I think Russell Wilson is now the second best quarterback in this division, wherever, whether, you know, it's a flip flop, 1A, 1B with him and Mahomes. You bring in Randy Gregory a star defensive lineman when he's healthy and when he's on the field. Who knows what they're going to do in the draft, kind of to reshort and reload. You can get a couple weapons. Um, yeah, I like what Denver did. They they gambled. They went big. They gave a, you know, a little bit more of a King's Ransom um, than some people thought they would. Um I like what Denver did. I think Denver's hands down has won the offseason so far, and it'll be interesting to see what they do in the rest of the free agency and leading up to the draft. Okay. Well, well David, thank you for that segment. We got to keep keep it moving here. And we're a little bit past the 1230 hour. We're getting into this Rocket Men's Basketball in the NCAA Tournament. This will be an interesting one. I want to hear his thoughts. <clears throat> we talked a little bit on on the phone about it. Uh, yeah, and I had a little co- bit of a conversation with front of the show, John Vandekavay. Oh, okay, well, that'll be interesting. Stay tuned for that. Listen to 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. We'll be back after this, after David's winner and loser sermon. Mm-hmm. 